Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out the new Netflix horror drama series, The Order. Slash comedy. Stay tuned to the end to see if BJ's a werewolf. Or Me Too. No, I would never get bitten by something like that because I don't go outside and I don't hike. That's a lot of things you're avoiding. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. let's dive in. Can you give our listeners a brief summary of the episode and your thoughts? Sure. So the order is centered around our main character of Jack Morton, and we see him starting out college at Belgrave University, where he's actually kind of planning something with his grandfather, where he knows there's a secret society called the order, and he wants to learn more about it become a member, and investigate whatever secret activities they're doing at this university. And what did you think? You know, I was a little caught off guard by this pilot because it's advertised as a fantasy series with magic and werewolves. And we do get glimpses of both, but they're such brief glimpses that I don't feel like this pilot episode really gave me enough fantasy. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I felt like the trailers were a little bit of a bait and switch. And I can't tell if that was the intent of the creators, but the trailers implied a drama, a horror. Full disclosure, listeners, I was not looking forward to watching this episode because I thought it was going to be scary. And instead, mm-hmm. it turned into a dark comedy that was also some. Sometimes I think unintentionally funny because it was Mm -hmm. so not scary, except for one scene. And I won't ruin it for people, but there was one kind of pop out scary scene that got me at least. And another thing that stood out is that it seems like production wise, they have pretty good locations that they were able to scout for the university Mm -hmm. and other places around campus. But I'm assuming they had to cut their budget with special effects because the werewolf is a little disappointing. They are very brief with magical effects that they show. I love the idea of the magical effects and the special effects being limited because of the budget. Like, oh, we can only afford one <laughs> one little one coin, coin trick. trick. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, one of the first tricks we saw, which I think was supposed to pique our interest, is a coin appears between the hands of three different people. But that's one that if you ever watch those debunking magic shows, that's one of the easiest tricks to do, right? You just hide it in your hand and pretend like you're throwing mm-hmm. it across the room or at different people and they all have their own coin that they're holding. So it was hard to be impressed by it. I assume on the show it was actual magic. But in my mind, I just kept thinking about that TBS show of that magician who exposed the biggest illusions of other magicians. And he wore the creepy mask. Yes, it felt like that. Yeah, like if you were going to show these new recruits, hey, there's actually this world of magic, you think you would start with something flashy to entice them to want to join. Yes, and then they have a werewolf in the episode, and it looked to me like the monsters from Princess Bride. Do you remember that movie? No. It stars Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright. It's a really funny take on fantasy like princess Mm -hmm. movies. And in the movie, which was made in 87, in the movie, Wallace Shawn's character, the lead, rolls through this jungle and encounters these giant rat-looking characters. And when I watched it as a child, I was terrified. But watching it as an adult, you're like, oh, this is hilarious. Those are clearly like stuffed rats on roller skates, just wheeled at them to make it look scary. And that's what that werewolf looked like. It looked like the rat creatures in Princess Bride that scared the crap out of me when I was a child and then make me laugh now. 
Yeah, it's like when you look at the classic Godzilla movies. Yes. Back in the day, that was like state of the art. You're like, wow, that's a scary monster. Now it's very clear this is a guy in a rubber suit. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly that. Another interesting aspect of the magic, we see that one of the leaders of the order or senior members um, extends an invitation to Jack in the form of an acceptance letter to Belgrave University. Yes. And so that's one of the earliest glimpses we get of magic where the text on his letter changes, but a running theme that starts in that scene is that Jack doesn't seem phased by magic, people, blood, death, life-threatening events. Nothing. Until the very end, when he now knows that magic is real, that's when he's like, now I'm a little worried. What is confusing about that to me is the head of the society, the magic society, and the dean of students or chancellor of students debate over whether to let Jack into the school. Mm -hmm. And one rejects him, which is why when he opens the letter, he sees a rejection. And the other one overrides that and switches the letters around on the letter that he's holding Mm -hmm. to say, congratulations, you've been accepted. As soon as I saw him not react to that, I assumed from jump that he was aware of the magic. Yeah. So toward the end of the episode, when he freaks out and tells his grandpa who raised him, who he grew up with because his mother passed away that, oh my gosh, these people are doing magic. This is all insane, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, not even emoting at that level because nothing phases him. Nothing like that. Then that means he read a letter, watched the words magically transform, read the letter again. It said something completely different and he ran with it. Yeah. It said what he wanted it to say. So he was like, yeah, I may accept this. Cheers to you, mom. Let's keep it moving. So that was an early look at the fact that Jack will just let any old thing happen around him, and he's fine. Until he feels truly threatened, nothing phases him. Including watching other people die in front of him. Yeah, so he gets recruited at the same time as several other students, and they're required to find these like gold coins as like a test to make sure you're worthy. And during this kind of trial, he sees at least two of his classmates literally die and disappear. Yes, and get maimed. Yeah, they get maimed, they're attacked, the secret order, they literally are like covering all this stuff up and he's aware that they're covering it up, but he's not phased, which probably because he has his gold coin, so he knows he's fine, but still, react. This is for the niche listeners who also love Hallmark movies. I watch Haley Dean mystery movies a lot. She's a prosecutor turned therapist who's working to avenge her fiance's death from college 15 years later. What a backstory. (laughs) I don't know why they picked this actress or if they tell her to do this, because I know that she's been in other great roles. So I don't know if this is a direction she's received, but Haley Dean is like Jack in that she's even no matter what. I just watched a Haley Dean movie last night. People died in front of her. She had to kill a guy. She was shocked. She was attacked. She had to do some attacking. And the whole time, like Jack, cool as a cucumber, but not even that, because cool as a cucumber at least implies I'm intentionally staying calm to take the stress out of this situation and maybe take charge or just not contribute to the chaos. And instead, it's just I am unfazed by all of this trauma that's happening within a short period of time. So much like Haley Dean, Jack is unfazed by anything to a point that is creepy. 
Yes, he's very one note with his reactions. And he's also a bit of a douchebag. Like he's not a likable main character. He's not a believable underdog that you root for. Because they mention legacy kids a lot. They really lean heavily on kids saying, I'm rich. My dad runs this. My dad went to school here. My mommy did this, blah, blah, blah. And he's the outsider, the working class kid, whatever. So in theory, we're supposed to Rudy style root for this kid. And I do not. It's interesting because outside of like PR material describing the show, it's not obvious at all from this pilot that he's an underdog. No. We're aware that he has a full scholarship. But aside from that, he seems on an even playing field with everyone else. He's literally taking down some of these rich, obnoxious kids. Yes, literally. So you never feel like he's trying to catch up to everyone else because he's just going at his own pace and doesn't seem to even care about most of these other people outside of the order. It also implies that if you're on full scholarship, then that automatically means, I guess, that you're poor, which automatically means that you're likable, or at least I feel sorry for you, which should have been what we inherently felt for his character. So even when he's doing all of these obnoxious things, we're supposed to still root for him because we know those other factors. But I know a lot of kids who are on full scholarship in college, me included, and that did not automatically mean we were likable. Yeah, and they didn't even play that up, like try to make him seem like someone who's really fighting against society and people's views of him. So that was odd. Another odd thing about Jack, which might be a Canadian thing. Me too and I were discussing this while we were watching. There's a lot of casual day drinking of beer. And these are college freshmen, so we're assuming they're 18, 19, 20, maybe somewhere in that age range. It just seems so odd how normal beer was to them. Yes. Beer as a casual beverage. BJ and I can't tell if we're being maybe culturally deficient because Mm -hmm. it could be that in places like Canada and across the EU, because drinking age is a little bit lower, maybe it's less exciting or a thrill to have your first drink. But a casual afternoon single beer in college for freshmen is not realistic, at least in the context of the college that you and I went to, which is, I would argue, a fairly typical American college when it comes to its drinking and party culture. Okay, BJ, it's time to pay the bills. For our wonderful listeners, this episode is brought to you by Audible. What are you listening to this week? Well, this week I'm going back to a book that I've already read before, but now I'm listening to it, and it keeps in with our fantasy supernatural theme. It's called A Monster Calls by Patrick Ness. Describing too much about the plot is really a spoiler, but it's a great concept about a boy dealing with his thoughts and emotions. I will further vouch for A Monster Calls. I wouldn't watch the movie if I were you. I read the book because BJ recommended it to me a couple years ago, and I absolutely fell in love. And I bet it is cooler over audio. I recently listened to A Wrinkle in Time after having read it. And it was so cool to have more sound effects and to just feel more engrossed in the story. So with such a fantasy like A Monster Calls, I bet that is even better. So you can find that book or pretty much any other at audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. Another odd thing, and this isn't a cultural thing, this is just us trying to perceive time and what the writers want us to perceive. Okay. 
But this pilot seemed to take place, I'm pretty sure, over three days. But so much happened in these three days. This doesn't give away too much of the plot. He finds two bodies in the span of, is it one day, two days? That's probably 24 hours he finds the two bodies. 24 hours, two bodies. A body every 12 hours. Recruited to a fraternity and a secret society. That within six hours? Something like that. It was within a day. I mean, it was still daylight. Literally, guys, his grandfather drops him off for college. And as he's walking away, he's like already kidnapped to be recruited into this fraternity. Is that what it's like for people who live really close to their colleges? Because my parents did not drop me off and bounce without even turning around to see if I made it into the building, at the very least. The granddad was literally still getting into his car. He hadn't even like started the engine. But the problem is, Jack don't emote. I, if someone had grabbed me while I was walking, would have screamed. And then, let's say my parents were fully turned around for whatever reason, they would have then turned back around and attacked the poor college people trying to kidnap me into a sorority. That was not the case with Jack. Jack, he don't emote. He didn't say anything until they were like, here, drink this. Then he was like, no, thanks. I don't want to join. And the reason he didn't want to drink it, because it was a chalice with wine and blood or something. The reason he didn't want to drink it is not because someone's DNA was in it, but it's because he was on a specific mission from his grandfather to join the the secret society Mm -hmm. called the Order. And joining that fraternity, drinking that blood would take him off his mission. Have you ever met such a focused 19-year-old? You were a very focused 18 and 19-year-old that I met in my first year of college, but you weren't that focused. Not like that. We did sometimes put off studying to go get snacks for a little bit. Yeah. I did turn down a fraternity, though. You did. Two. Oh, yeah, you did. Were there any other funny moments that made you think this was like coming across as a comedy rather than a more serious drama? I think this show is intentionally funny, but I also think it has unintentionally funny moments when it attempts to be scary or dramatic. Mm -hmm. But it could also be that I'm a little bit too old because Riverdale also makes me laugh. Really? Sometimes there are moments where Archie makes such remarkably dumb decisions. So while I'm wrapped up in the stories and I want Veronica and Cheryl Blossom to blossom and be happy and fortuitous and just the greatest people ever, I laugh at the very dumb decisions that, and also Jughead, but especially Archie May. Even in the dramatic moments, he'll sometimes say or do something dumb and it'll make me laugh even though I'm freaking out or scared or something. And I felt similarly about the order. I think if I keep watching it, I'll have a similar feeling of sometimes I'll be scared and wrapped up in it and wrapped up in the drama. But sometimes Jack will just do something so dumb or not emote at something and it will make me laugh. That's fair. Would you have joined the order? No. I don't even know that I would have gone to Belgrave if my grandpa kept talking about some secret society there. What if you got a full ride? It was a nice campus. It was a very nice campus. It was a beautiful campus. But... So you wouldn't even go to the university and I wouldn't join the society. I probably would go to the school if I had a full ride there, especially because it seems like Jack is close to his family. And if there was a good school within driving distance of my home and I don't have to pay for it, that's cool. Because sometimes in college, I was jealous of the kids that could unwind with their parents for a weekend and then come back. Oh, that was me. You did that. And I was always jealous of that. All right, Beach. do you have any other thoughts on The Order? No, let's go into our rating. I really want to hear what you think. I thought the order was funny. But? 
But I don't know that this first episode gripped me because there just wasn't a lot of magic and fantasy. I thought the order based on the trailer was going to be like Hogwarts for werewolves. So Mm -hmm. I expected a lot more magic, a lot more fun. As you said, there were maybe like three tricks total and they were all fairly minor. So I would recommend to our listeners, especially our listeners interested in fantasy or horror to give this first episode a shot because I think it is really funny Mm -hmm. and maybe watch one more to see if the action picks up because it also feels like this pilot was a slow burn. And in the final few minutes, we got the most action with a cliffhanger too. With a cliffhanger. So I would recommend to our listeners to give it two episodes. But if it doesn't grip you by episode two, maybe hard out on it and watch something else like The Magicians. Fun fact, just a comment on that. The way this series is structured is that every two episodes are actually two parts of one long episode. Yes, I saw that. So the next episode is Hell Week Part 2. Yeah. All right, BJ, what do you think? So I'm a little different. I'm actually a fan of The Order. This episode did pull me in. I was disappointed with the lack of special effects and supernatural elements, but I am really interested in The Order itself, like the secret society. That concept always kind of draws me in, like mysterious group of people, secrets, and then with the grandfather, we also have the idea that there's a conspiracy going on. I'm sure that the death of Jack's mother is somehow tied into this as well. Yeah. I want to find out more about the order. I want to know if Jack's going to start using magic. Going into this, I thought Jack might be a werewolf. So it'll be interesting to see if he becomes one or maybe he's been one all along. He does have deceptively quick reflexes. He's quite agile. So we can see if there is a supernatural reason behind that. But this pilot pulled me in. It was a little long. You know, neither me too or I are fans of long pilots. This was 50 minutes. (laughs) That makes us sound so impatient. (laughs) We're a little impatient, but I think this was worth it. Like you mentioned, it's a slow burn, but I can definitely see where they're trying to go with this. Mm. So I would watch again casually. I'm not going to binge it, but I want to see how this plays out. Okay. I like that. That's very fair. Usually I'm the positive one. So I like you being the more positive one. All right. Where can they find other episodes of the pilot pod? Sure. If you want to find out some other reviews where Me Too is the more positive one, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send us thoughts, feelings, show recommendations, questions, BJ Me Too fanfic to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.